0: talking about habits. And actually, I'm breaking this uh, video into two different segments because there's so much to talk about and I don't want this to go on forever. Um, But there is, you know, habits are just such an interesting part of our life because we do them automatically and we don't even really think about oftentimes the enormous role they play in our lives. You know, like brushing our teeth or driving to work. I mean, how many of us have Ended up at work or at home, and we don't even remember how we got there because it's such a part of a habit of our life. So, you know, they're really beneficial in so many ways because we don't have to deplete our energy or our brain power to think about the things that we have to do all the time. And the way it works in our brain is that the more we do a repeated activity, the more our brain lays down kind of wiring where it's uh, forming connections between different neurons in our brain. Scientists say that cells that fire together wire together. So it's that idea that if we keep doing a behavior over and over again, it does become a habit and we actually become very skilled at something that that becomes part of our daily or our our life routine. Our habits are an important part of our lives, and it's once we've had a habit for a long time, it can be hard to change it, but we do have neuroplasticity, which I talked about earlier, which means that our brains, we now know, are changing throughout our lives, and that we can actually change the way that our brains are wired, and we can create new habits. So the old saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, actually, with us, with people, we know that we can do that. And so that really is good news. So if there is something you want to change in your life, we know that we have the capacity to do that. Um, but if we've been relying on willpower alone, that can be why maybe we haven't been able to change a habit. Because what we now know is that willpower is a limited resource and that over time, it does get worn out. That's why if you've ever like started a diet, you know, in the beginning, you've got all this willpower, all this motivation, you're doing great, but then over time, you kind of wonder, like, why can't I stay with it? Well, it's that idea that, kind of, that willpower has worn out over time. So, and actually, there's scientific, scientific research that shows that this is the case. In one study, they asked uh, college, college students to come to the lab and not to have eaten anything three hours prior to the experiment. And then they divided these students up into three different rooms. In one room, they gave the students a plate of chocolate chip cookies and radishes. that sounds wonderful, right? And they were told you can eat as many radishes as you like, but don't eat the chocolate chip cookies. And remember, they hadn't eaten for three hours either. And then in the second room, they gave them the same two plates, and they said, you know, eat whatever you want. In the third room, they gave them nothing. They didn't give them any food. So after a a bit of time of all these people in these rooms, then they gave the groups um, what they called simple geometric puzzles to solve. Well, the problem was they weren't simple. They were unsolvable puzzles. But the groups, the people, the individuals that were in group two and three stuck with the task of trying to figure out the puzzle much longer than the people in the first group, the ones that were told not to eat the cookies. Those, uh, the individuals in that group Th- sort of throw up their hands and defeat much sooner than the others. And the reason why is because they had used up so much of their willpower not to eat the cookies that they didn't have the, the power, the mental energy, to continue on with the puzzle. And there are many studies that show that this is the case. And so it's sort of good for us to know that in our own lives, that even though, you know, the, the task in our lives may not be related, that if we're using a lot of willpower in one area of our life, that it really depletes willpower in all areas of our life, that it's all interconnected. So as you're starting a new habit, I think it's really helpful, it was for me, to learn this about willpower. Also, if you're starting something new, it's great to be able to decrease the number of choices that you have to make, because there is something called decision-making fatigue. I mentioned this in our earlier session that every time we have to make a decision or a choice, it actually takes energy, and so it depletes some of the power, some of the focus we have towards starting a habit if we have a lot of choices to make. Um, I mentioned that Steve Jobs wore the same thing to work every day, uh, his jeans and his black turtleneck, because he he knew this, and he didn't want to use up any of his mental energy thinking about what to wear every day. Um, So what we can do when we're trying to start a new habit is really think about pre-committing and and Pre-planning what we're going to do because if we just say okay tomorrow. I'm going to exercise That's not you know There's gonna be a lot of decisions that are gonna have to be made and it's not likely that we'll continue with doing it So we may think well, uh, you know, okay Where are my clothes where you know where are my shoes? You know where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do and by the time we made all those decisions? we kind of worn ourselves out. So if beforehand, when you want to start something new, as much as you can do pre-planning, you know, have the clothes laid out, have the shoes laid out, know where you're gonna go, know what exercise you're gonna do, have it all you know figured out in advance. Because oftentimes we don't feel like doing it in the moment and we don't have the motivation or the mental energy to figure all that out. But if we have a plan, we're much more likely to stick with it and stick with that commitment. There's also a research study that backs this up. Um, When they, uh, they took three groups, that must be real popular in research, and they asked each group, the goal was to exercise in the following week for 20 minutes. So in the first group, they just told them that was the goal, that was what they um, were asked to do. And when they reported back in, 38% of the individuals in that group had done the exercise. In the second group, they showed them a motivational video first, and then they gave them the instructions. And only 35% actually went down, 35% of the people in that group did the exercise. In the third group, they actually asked them before they left, to write down what day, what time, and what exercise they were going to do during that week for that 20 minutes. That group reported back in, they, 91% of the people had done the exercise. So oftentimes it's not really a motivation problem, but it's a planning problem, a clarity problem about what we're going to do. So having those decisions made ahead of time, having that plan can be very important in starting a new habit. Something else that can be very helpful with uh, decisions is having non negotiable rules in your life. Things that you don't have to even think about, it's just a rule. So, like in my family, you know, we decided that in order to to not have people taking cell phones, I had a 15 year old and a 12 year old, and even my husband and me too. We didn't want cell phones going to rooms, you know, past like 9 o'clock at night, not in the evening. So we have a charging station in the kitchen and the rule in our house and it's non-negotiable is that at nine o'clock or even before sometimes, um, that those phones go to the kitchen, they're on the, on the charging station and they don't go to the bedrooms. And that way there's no debate, there's no decision, there's nothing to be said, it's just the rule. And we can use that in our personal lives or in our professional lives in lots of ways. If we can set the rules ahead of time, we're much more likely to follow through and we don't have to use mental energy to think about those things. So that that helps us with our willpower and our energy. The other thing to think about with habits is there's something called activation energy. And that's what's needed to kind of overcome the inertia and to get started on a new habit, to get us motivated and moving forward. Well, activation energy, we can kind of use it to our advantage or disadvantage. But I'll give you an example. We, um, my family, we actually, over spring break, we hiked Blood Mountain. And it took a lot of activation energy to do this because we had to plan ahead of time. We had to drive up to you know close to Blairsville. We had to pack a picnic lunch, have sweatshirts, food for the picnic. We had we brought the dogs, so we needed to bring what she what she needed. And so it was a lot of energy to do it, and then a lot of energy to hike two and a half miles up, and then two and a half miles back down. But we had a blast. We met a couple other families and the kids and. the adults and the dogs and everybody had a great time and we thought, why don't we do things like this more often? And the reason why is because it took a lot of energy to go do it and it was a lot of fun, but we tend to kind of follow the path of least resistance. I think it's just human nature that we do kind of what we're used to doing and what is just the easiest thing to do. In fact, studies show that We find much more pleasure and fulfillment from active leisure, like going hiking, or from hobbies or sports and things like that, than we do passive leisure, like watching TV. But it's just so much easier to do these things that are passive. And in fact, the same study shows that American teenagers are four times more likely, or spend four times more time on screens than they do engage in hobbies and sports. And yet they report that they have two two and a half times more enjoyment doing a hobby and three times more enjoyment engaged in a sport than doing the screens. So you think, well, why would we do that? Why would they do that? And it's just because of that human nature. We tend to be drawn to what's convenient and easy and habitual. So it helps us, I think, to know about this. That way we're not quite so hard on ourselves when we know we got get, we've got that activation energy kind of working against us. But we can use it to our favor by making the things that we don't want to do harder to do and the things that we do want to do easier to do so that they take less activation energy. So one researcher talked about the fact that he wanted to read more and watch less TV. So he called this the 22nd rule. Because what he did is he took the, re- the batteries out of his remote control and he moved them into his bedroom about 20 seconds away. And then he left his book that he wanted to read on the couch right where he usually sits down to watch TV. So that evening, the next day that he wanted to start this, he sat down, got the remote, and he you know pressed the on button and nothing happened, of course. You know, the, why did I do this? Um, but then he had the you know, the activation energy at, at play here to think, do I get up and go 20 seconds away to get the, the batteries and put them in, or my book's sitting right here, do I just pick it up and read it? Well guess what he did? He ended up picking up the book and reading it because he made it easier to do the thing he wanted to do, reading, and harder to do the things that he wanted to, to decrease, which was watching TV. And we can all use this in our life. Um, You know, if you don't want to eat as much ice cream, don't bring it in the house. Make it so you have to go out to get the ice cream, you know, so it's not right there. Or let's say you don't want to, you know, look at Facebook as much or something. Um, Remove the app from your phone so it's harder to go there. Um, So we can use this activation energy really to our advantage. To if you want to run, you know, put your running shoes out where you see them every time you get out of bed in the morning or something like that, so that we, we make it easier to do the things we want to do, harder to do the things that we don't want to do. So all of this, you know, is really helpful to think about when we're forming habits. But now what I really want to do is talk about so how do you form the habits? How do you do it? And the first step is to be self-compassionate. And that might seem like a strange first step. But research again shows that those who are more judgmental and harsher on themselves are less likely to follow through on a new habit whereas those who are more compassionate with themselves are likely to you know look at it as a pro- as a process and the progress rather than just the perfection of having to do it just right and they're more likely to stick with the habit and plus I think it helps me to know like knowing my willpower is going to you know get worn out knowing about decision making fatigue and about activation energy and all of that, knowing all of that, it helps me know that, okay, I've got a lot of things that I'm having to kind of overcome, so there's no reason for me to be hard on myself, but to use some of these things to my advantage. So starting there is really important with a new habit. Be kind to yourself. And then to know kind of the steps to go through. So um, there's an author, James Clear, who's written a book called Atomic Habits. And in this book, he talks about goals versus systems. And so what he talks about is a goal is really is where you're wanting to get. And we have to have that. We have to have that, that um, end, end result where we're trying to go or we'll, we'll never go anywhere. Um, but then he talks about that the system is really what we do. That's what drives the results. So for an example, let's say you have a coach and his goal is that he wants to have a championship team. He wants to make it to the championship. That's his goal. Or you have a writer who wants to have a best-selling book. Those are the goals. But then the systems are what you do to get to the goal. The system is, you know, the coach is what they do every week at practice. What are the, what are the, um, the, the drills and the, you know, the, the practice, whatever they do at practice, that gets them to that result. Or with the writer, you know, the writer actually has to write. They have to do the research, whatever it takes to get the book written. So that's what we actually do, is what's called the system. And then, you know, basically what all the researchers talk about is that in order to create the habit, in order to get to the result, that we need to start very small. That when we start with this great big, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work out for an hour on the first day, that it's overwhelming and it's too much. So we want to start with the smallest step that we can start with Get that system embedded in our life, get it, you know, where it's in a place in our life that we consistently do it, even if it's for just a small amount of time, and then gradually increase the frequency and the duration as we go along. And he talks about that there are really four steps to creating that, the new behavior that, or the habit to get that system into place. And um, he says the first one, which I really like, I like this, is that there's a cue or a trigger and that's the thing that's going to remind us that to do the new behavior so let's say that we were talking about exercise um, and so the goal maybe is that you know I want to lose weight I want to be healthier I want to feel more energy and so that's the goal and then the system is say okay so I'm going to start walking because that's a pretty simple that's a simple way to start we want to start small we want to start simple so that we'll actually do it um, and then, so the cue would be, let's say that, that um, you, have, you, you have a plan. And we talked about how important that is to have a very specific plan. And that is to get up first thing in the morning and go walk. So the cue would be, the, put out your tennis shoes, put out the, the exercise clothes. So in the morning, it's the first thing you see right next to your bed. So you see that, you think, okay, that cues me to go do my walking. The next thing he talks about is having the craving. And I think that's kind of a strange word to use, but basically what he says is that is your why. You remind yourself why you're doing it. And a lot of times you bring kind of your future results into the present. So you're saying, you know, okay, I do, I want to do this because I want to have more energy. I want to feel better in my body. I want to, uh, I want my clothes to fit better, whatever that may be. And it kind of motivates you to have that reason, that why that you're doing it. And then the next thing is actually doing the routine, doing the habit, which is, to go and actually do the walk. And again, you want to start small. So you know, you might say, okay, I'm gonna start, I'm just gonna walk for 10 minutes. I'm gonna do, you know, make it easy. I'm not gonna make it a, a, you know, where I have to run a marathon the first day. Something that's really reasonable. And so you do the behavior. The next thing is the reward. And just like you tied the cue to starting the, the new behavior, you're gonna tie the reward to finishing it. And so that's where you do something, and it can be something very, very small or it could be bigger, but something to, to reward yourself for doing it. So a simple reward would be maybe you have a calendar and you're going to check off every day that you do the behavior. And so that's rewarding to go check, I did it. Or you, know, you might say, well, I'm going to reward myself by coming in and having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something and sitting, having five minutes of just peace, peaceful time by myself with this my cup of tea or something that just feels like a natural you know reward of something you would want to do you know each person has to pick what would work for you Um, or it could be and this is something that might seem a little silly but actually doing things like this helps to wire um, behaviors in is to do something like like you know a physical action with some emotion like yes I did it you know patting yourself on the back and or doing a little dance like I said you don't have to do this in public but you know, do something that, that is like this little reward that's got some emotion to it because research shows that the more we tie an emotion to a behavior, the more likely it is to stick. Um, so all of those things, if you go through the cue and the craving and the behavior and then the reward, those help, you know, we talked about laying that, um, that new wiring in your brain, going through those steps helps to do that and you add that little bit of emotion to it and that helps as well so um, those are some steps to go through, and I'm going, going to have all this listed as well in the classroom, so you'll have it to go back and, and read through. Um, there's also a researcher, Dr. B.J. Fogg out of Stanford University, and he spent his entire life studying habits. And he, he has come to the conclusion that the problem with people you know, adopting new habits and sticking with it is that they tend to start too big. So it goes back to everywhere I'm reading, everything I'm learning is that really we want to start small if we want to maintain a habit and get something started in our life. So he talks about the power of 1%. You know, you think about if you start, um, you know, if you're an airplane and you make the 1% change in direction, that over time that's going to lead you somewhere totally different. And so that's the same idea here is to start very small and trust the process. So his formula is BMAT, B-M-A-T. He says that behavior, the B, happens when there's motivation, ability, and a trigger. That's the mat part of it. And so he says the behavior, you start with that, it has to be specific, which I mentioned earlier. So let's say you want to start reading more. So to be very specific, you don't just say, I'm going to read more. That's um, probably not going to get you where you want to go. That's not a a system that's going to work because it's not specific enough. Um, So you might say, okay, I'm going to read at this time of day in that chair and that's the book I'm going to read. You make it very detailed and you 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 gather your resources so it's easy to do. So you lower that activation energy and that it makes it easier for you to get started on it. So you have the behavior in place. And then he talks about that you need motivation. You've got to have a reason for doing something or we really, or we usually won't do anything. So let's say that it's something you really want to read, well that's got some built-in motivation that you're interested in it. But sometimes maybe for an assignment at school or for some other reason that you kind of feel like you're doing something that you don't totally have that intrinsic motivation. So you need to try to find some kind of motivation. like well, maybe I want to make an A in the class, I want to do really well on my test, or, um, or it could be something that, you know, I'm just going to feel good about having accomplished this. You try to find something that motivates you. And again, if you bring in that emotion, you're more likely to stay motivated. You know, like if you read for five minutes and then you kind of celebrate, like, yeah, I did it. Um, and it sounds silly again, but it works. Um, that when when we bring in some emotion and some celebration, we're much more likely to stick with it, and that helps to motivate us. The A part is ability. You have to be able to do it. And again, you know, that's how hard or easy it is. So what we want to do is we want to make it easy, as easy as possible to start. So we want to make it small. We want to start with, you know, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to, you know, read for, you know, one minute, which might sound ridiculous, but what's the, the likelihood of really reading one minute? Once you actually sit down in the chair, you've got the book open, you're probably going to end up reading longer than that. But if you tell ourselves, and I do this, it seems like I'm, I'm trying to do this more and more when there are big tasks that I have to do. If I say, okay, I'm just going to do it for five minutes or one minute, then, you know, the hardest part is sometimes getting started. I'm more likely to continue and do it longer so knowing that that the ability is to try to make it as easy as possible so you'll get started the last thing is the trigger it's the same thing as the cue that we talked about earlier that's the thing that's going to get you started that's going to remind you to do it and he says there's three different types of triggers that there's a, like an external trigger in our environment so you could like set an alarm that would remind you to go read your book or you can have an intrinsic uh, reminder, which is he says, is not really a good idea because that's really just you going, okay, I'm going to remember to read tomorrow. You know, it's not likely it's going to happen. And then he says the most powerful kind of trigger is to actually tie it to a behavior that you already do. So you already have things that are habits in your life. So try to attach a new behavior to a habit you already have. So. Let's say that he like you know your reading is a new thing that you wanna you want to start doing. So you know you're gonna brush your teeth every night. So maybe what you do is you say okay right after I brush my teeth, I'm going to go to that chair that I've already designated. I'm gonna go to that chair with that book right after brushing my teeth, and I'm gonna read for two minutes or whatever it may be that you're starting small. And then that's that trigger that's gonna now be tied to that behavior, because what we really wanna do with a new behavior. It's not about the, the endurance, you know, the frequency, the duration, and all of that. It's about getting that system embedded in our lives. It's about finding a place where it just becomes natural and routine. Once it's there, once it's just a part of our lives and we're used to doing it, just like brushing our teeth, we just will naturally start doing it because we've, we've created that new habit. So that's why this idea of starting really small and getting that system in place is so important. And then, of course, over time, you know, we'll naturally increase how often and how long and, and you know, all those kind of things will come. And, and then we can also look at maybe, well, you know, maybe I'm not, it's not working because I didn't really put it at the right time of my day. You know, maybe I really don't have time in the morning to exercise, so I need to, to look at putting it in, in the afternoon or maybe I need to read at a different time of day. So, you know, again, like I talked about self-compassion, don't just say, oh, I can't do it. You know, instead saying maybe it's not me, maybe I'm not the problem, maybe I haven't designed it, I haven't put it in my life in the right place. And when we are more gentle with ourselves in that way, we're more likely to find maybe, you know, a new solution of where we can put that that where it will work better for us. So, you know, the idea is to get that the system in place and then you know, when we continue to do something over and over again, we're much more likely to become good at it. So, so that's important to remember. And then also to know that in the beginning, if you're doing like that 1% change, we're not making, you know, we're doing those small things, we're not making these huge differences, we can sometimes get a little frustrated when we don't see the results right, at, right in the beginning. Um, so I always like to think of the analogy of like planting a flower. When you plant a seed in the ground and you planted it in the right environment, you know, you put it in the right place and you fertilize it and you water it and you take care of it, you're not going to see the flower, you know, all at once. It's going to take a while, but you kind of trust the process that you've, you're doing what you need to be doing and that when the timing is right, the results will come. So it's the same thing with a habit that we continue along with it without, you know, bringing in that frustration or like, where is the result? That, that will really help us if we can if we can be patient and trust the process Trust that that those 1% changes really will make it make a difference in our life so just to review did it helps so there's been a lot of information and um, with habits there's so much to cover but the idea is to, to start with a goal to get that in mind so let's say you know the goal is of course like we said earlier to lose weight or to you know feel more energy better in our body feel you know get in better shape. The system we talked about was that we would walk. That would be what we would do to lead, you know, to, lead to that result. And then the next thing, again, was to have that specific plan to so say, like, for instance, okay, I'm going to walk at 6 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right when I get out of bed, and I'm going to go right out the front door and, you know, whatever can be as, as specific as possible to get that plan down. And then have the cue and the craving, which is right when you get up, the cue is to see the shoes, see the clothes, remind ourselves, okay, I remember why I'm doing this. I really want more energy. I want to be in better shape. That'll motivate us. And then to actually do it, (laughs) we got to do the action, go out and walk for 10 minutes, come back in and do something that's rewarding. Do something that's like that. Yes, I did it. I'm so proud of myself. And and that kind of helps us to to feel that positive energy that keeps us going. So that's, that's really important. So in conclusion, because we are going to do more on habits, so there's going to be part two because there's more to talk about about how we break old habits, and there's still more about what we can do with new habits. But to remember that the tiny the tiny is mighty, I've heard someone say, that we start with the small steps. We have trust that the process will work if we stick with it. And that we you know we know that our behavior matters, that what we do really can make a difference, and that we be gentle with ourselves in the process. So, I really hope that you've taken away at least something from today's video, and that um, you know we'll be following up again with with more ideas on habits, and I look forward to seeing all of you again soon. So thanks so much.